think if you're a small business, your main focus as a strategy right now should be thinking about how you're going to sell your products with all of the great tools that Instagram has just brought out in the last year. I've seen just such a sudden push into the e-commerce space from Instagram and a lot of other social media platforms, but Instagram is the one where I would say it's it's above and above. It, it's above and beyond the other platforms in terms of what they offer small businesses to help them make sales. So if you're wondering what to focus on as a small business, just hone in on that selling strategy. Welcome to the Instagram Stories podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Hill. This is episode 50 of the podcast. I can't believe I reached the number 50. To be honest with you, I think I would have reached this number a lot sooner if I didn't do a daily show where I have 750 episodes. That's a whole other topic. We don't have to get into that. But I'm very excited that you're here. If you're not familiar, basically, I have a daily show. Every day I cover new features of Instagram, strategy, tips, things you need to know. On this show, I do a deeper dive. The daily shows, three minutes, four minutes. This one's usually between 20 and 25 minutes, and it centers around interviews. Typically, I find Instagram experts or people who are very knowledgeable about growing a following or some other aspect of social media and awareness, and I bring them on, I ask them the hard questions, things that they only tell their friends, and I get them to share all their secrets with you for free, because that's how I roll. If you would like to know more about who I am, what I do, you can find me on Instagram at Daniel Hill Media. And if you would like to do me a favor, if you enjoy this show, if you've listened in the past, or even if this is your first time, I would love it if you would write a review for me. If you go on Apple Music and search for the Instagram Stories podcast, you will find this show. If you could leave a review for me, positive would be better. If you have something to say that I need to improve or need to work on, just send me a DM and I'll fix it. This way, not everybody has to know about it. We'll just, that'd be between us. It would be better that way. I'm just throwing it out there as an idea. Anyway, I usually don't ask for two favors. I already asked you to write a review. Now I'm asking you for something else. But if you are a graphic designer and you listen to this show or you listen to my daily show, if you could send me a direct message. I would really appreciate it. I'm looking to talk to some graphic designers about some potential work and I could really use the help. If you can send me a message, that would be best. We can set up a call and take it from there. If you know someone who's a graphic designer that you would recommend, please send them my podcast, have them listen, then remind them to send me a message. And this way we can connect or phone, Zoom, whatever's easier. Today on the show, we have Nikki Canning. Nikki works at Later. If you're not familiar, Later is the scheduling app where you can handle all your Instagram scheduling needs, including Instagram stories. If you are a social media manager who handles multiple accounts, you've probably heard of Later before. It is a quality product. Nikki is not the first person from Later to be on the show. I actually had Taylor Loren on last year, but Nikki shares a ton of great, valuable information. I think you're really gonna like, we talk a lot about how to work with influencers and user-generated content, which is a great thing for brands. It saves you from creating content and leverages people who are already creating content for you. We'll get into all of that. I hope you like today's show. Today on the show, we have Nikki Canning. Nikki, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Nikki, for people who are not familiar with you, can you introduce yourself, please, and tell us what you do? 
Yeah, of course. Happy to. My name's Nikki. I work for a company called Later, which is at its core a social media scheduling platform, but we have a ton of different other tools that essentially helps businesses grow on social, especially on Instagram is probably what we're most known for. And my background has always been kind of in digital marketing. Right now, I'm an editorial manager, which means we create lots of educational content around growing your brand on social media. Um, we do courses, blog posts. I write a newsletter for later. But yeah, at my in my roots is kind of social media, blog posts, content, and all that good stuff. <laughs> That's so great. I'm glad you do so many different things. You are not the first later team member to come on the show, which I think I might've mentioned before, Taylor Loren, who is, I guess, a later alumni at this point, was on last year and, and she provided a ton of value. We talked about a lot of different things like hiding likes before that was widespread and a bunch of different topics. So uh, the later team always comes with some great info. That's why I'm very excited. And we could talk about the later con. I, I would love to know if there's gonna be more later cons. We could talk about that toward the end oh, of, uh, yes. <laughs> of the discussion. Excellent. So. How did you get involved with Instagram? How did you start to really like or love the platform? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I remember when Instagram really, like the very, very early days of Instagram came out and I was skeptical. I was kind of like, oh, I'm not so sure. And I was definitely in the camp of like, I want to keep my account private. I want to make sure that only my friends and family can see this. And I was one of those people that like very heavily edited I was a big fan of like <laughs> I think it's like Hudson filter that I don't know I don't think anyone uses those filters anymore but that was the very very early beginnings and around at the same time I was working for a wellness and a beauty brand and I was leading their content strategy so I was managing all of the content that was appearing on their site and partnering with brands to kind of do paid partnerships on a website and what we were seeing was that people wanted to browse a different platform. So we were seeing Twitter was being so popular, but it wasn't visual enough for what we were doing on the website. So as a brand and a business, we kind of took our top content and started to create Instagram posts and made this very, very small, tiny following on Instagram for this kind of beauty website. And it was fantastic because everyone was able to get in on the conversation. It wasn't so closed off as what kind of digital publications were there. The comments were always this like lovely, warm place where people were kind of coming together and being able to share their experiences. So even way back then, <laughs> I was kind of thinking that like Instagram is really going to be how news or information or communities are going to be built on on an app and on a new social platform. So I loved seeing kind of- Wait, can, I, can I just pause you? Oh, yeah. When was that? When when did you have that realization? I want to say about 10 years ago. Yeah, like okay. maybe eight to 10 years ago, whenever Instagram was really infancy. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say a good, a good eight years will probably sum it up. <laughs> and then what happened? What did you decide to do? Well, that- that business grew quite quickly. The whole business model was that we were going to focus on quality content on the website and then growing a community on Instagram. And we really narrowed in. We kind of stopped putting our effort into other platforms. Twitter kind of took a step back. Facebook was never really, it wasn't picking up the same speed that we wanted it to. So everything went into Instagram. And how we ended up working with brands at that time, and this is really like archaic ways of building your 
Instagram feed was we had our designers in-house and wow this is really making me think how we ran that process we had one in-house designer who would do one template and it would just be like splashy news this product is launching or this product is out and then we would get guests to like give their reviews or give their highlights and it was basically the very beginnings of like influencer marketing just there partnership marketing on Instagram so yeah that that role was with me for about two years and I kind of was a hybrid editor between Instagram and website doesn't exist anymore but it was just called totally living and it was a great intro into how content and Instagram kind of mesh in together that's great and do you mind talking a little bit about the later portion, how long you've been at later, what later does for people who are not familiar? I would really love to hear you say that. Yes. So later is, I've been with later for about three years now and we've really changed everything and everything that we do is just going bigger and better. And I'm always a little bit shocked about how fast it's been growing, but like I said, it's core or it's kind of heart is about helping small businesses manage their social media scheduling and making sure that everything that they're putting out through social is kind of helps them save time. They've got the right data that they need. So we're able to kind of manage your media library, help you find your best time to post. We've got inbuilt tools like link and bio which helps you kind of create another funnel for sending people back to your website from your instagram so later really is focused on small businesses who would like to grow on social media but maybe don't have all the time in the world to sit down on their phone and just kind of do all of their social content in one go so yeah but yes at later i kind of work very closely with the social team and the rest of the content marketing team, but I primarily help with the editorial content that you see on the site, all of the blog posts um, that are really tailored to helping you kind of find the best strategy for you and your brand. Awesome. Do you mind talking a little bit about what strategies you recommend for users of Later and the other um, small business owners and other people that you connect with? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the challenges that comes with being like a small business, and I don't think it really matters even which industry that you're in, I think all small businesses will probably meet this this barrier or this gate where they're like, I just don't know what to post, <laughs> or I just don't know how to kind of get my foot in the door or to get my content be seen. And social media as a whole can be very overwhelming. And even when you do get to that stage as a business owner, or you're you've got a side hustle that you're taking full time, you kind of have to figure out what am I going to post? Do I have enough content to share? Is it the right content? And aside from being a really lovely brand identity on Instagram and having that kind of aesthetic or your recognizable content or a kind of consistent thread throughout your Instagram posts, I think if you're a small business your main focus as a strategy right now should be thinking about how you're going to sell your products with all of the great tools that Instagram has just brought out in the last year. I've seen just such a sudden push into the e-commerce space from Instagram and a lot of other social media platforms, but Instagram is the one where I would say it's it's above and above it's above and beyond the other platforms in terms of what they offer small businesses to help them make sales so if you're wondering what to focus on as a small business just hone in on that selling strategy 
I agree. And and I'm glad you brought that up. I've been saying for a while that I think Instagram has really targeted this e-commerce space as, okay, Amazon's the giant. Okay. We get that. That's the mall, whatever. But what about selling through individuals? Because we buy one way through a store, but we don't buy by actually looking at items. We buy things by looking at them on people. And that's a completely different experience. So the way they've set it up is, you know, the branded partnerships and the mm-hmm. way that you can partner with individuals so that when they wear a shirt, they add the tag, you can buy the shirt right from that person's post and all these other things. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how you've seen that work, what you've seen work really well and where you think that's going potentially? Yeah, well, I love that you you mentioned that we, we buy things differently now, like what we're expecting before we decide to kind of hand over our credit card at a cashier like we go through a lot of stages before we get to that and now i think there's a a really fantastic stat about the gen z age group and discovery behaviors or their consumer behaviors around purchasing have changed the most drastically so any of us who are like outside of the gen z age group me included we're really used to going to google and like typing in what we want to buy or like what we're interested in and that could be anything like plants or shoes or cars or anything we all go to google but for gen zers i think they primarily use social media and i would say instagram because it's the smartest tool for that for their purchasing and their discovery so they will use instagram to find products that they want to buy so with that intent in mind they turn to instagram to the followers or to the influencers that they follow follow the brands that they love their friends who are kind of talking about brands, any kind of sponsored content that can come up, they already have an intent to buy while being kind of scrolling through their home feed on Instagram. And that's, that's huge. They, they're our next generation of big spenders. So it's, it's worth keeping an eye on that. And of course, I think one of the other things that has really changed how people want to kind of invest or spend is that we're looking for that authentic relationship i think we're seeing the end of mega partnerships with mega influencers to promote a product like i think influencer marketing has a long time been a very um, useful tool for brands to get their products out there for brand awareness for having someone be essentially be the spokesperson for your brand but the audience on the flip side is kind of savvying up. Like we we know now that if you're going to spend a ton of money for a one-off post with a mega influencer, there, there's big bucks behind that. What we're actually looking for as consumers is smaller influencers who have a longer partnership with brands. And we see micro-influencers or nano-influencers who have been partnering with the same brand for a year, longer, And that, as a consumer, tells me or the general public that this is something that I trust. This feels like authentic content. I value this influencer for being able to share this. And I feel closer to the brand because the brand is closer to the influencer that I like engaging with. So building that kind of trust level between your selling strategy as well with your wider audience or the audience that you want to tap into, that's definitely going to come into play as well. You, you said a lot there. It's funny because when, when you said, you know, the, the world is shifting and, and we're moving away from things, in my head, I thought, you know, someone like 
the the Kardashians who are such influence on people's buying and spending habits or, you know, sports stars or, you know, whatever people wear the shoes because so-and-so wears the shoes. Can I really imagine a world where that doesn't exist? And you're right. Things are changing. And I think you're you're looking at it from a futuristic perspective, which it might be 10 years to get there. It might be less. It might be more. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But where someone that I'm close friends with, I'm more likely to buy. And, and I hate that I keep using clothes as an example, but I'm more likely to buy sneakers because my friend has them as opposed to the sports star or rock star or TV star that I watch instead. And, and that's a really big shift. You know, maybe I found someone online who lives in my town and I follow them because we like some of the mm-hmm. same things or I see them at the gym or whatever. And then I do buy an item. So in, in my mind, even though they don't have a big following, they're just as much of an influence on my buying purchases as someone who's a megastar. And, and I think that's a really big shift, but that's actually cool because the same way companies could capitalize on posting on Instagram without needing to buy giant billboards or Super Bowl ads or whatever. It levels the playing fields. They can go to so-and-so at my gym and say, hey, you look in really good shape. Why don't you wear this shirt or these sneakers or whatever? And other people will buy. And I think that's a fundamental shift that is fascinating. And I I 100% am glad you're talking about this. Do you have other thoughts on on where it's going to go or or how small businesses can kind of leverage that micro-influencer level? Oh, absolutely. I think micro influencers and even going smaller again, nano influencers, those are influencers who have less than 10,000 followers. So they're a really special group. And you would think that influencers in that bracket would kind of be off the radar for a lot of um, brands and businesses that they want to partner with. They're missing out on that very special swipe up link. So they're kind of lead to purchase might not be you know as anyone bigger than 10k followers but those smaller influencers have a higher level of engagement across the board and that's including sponsored posts and in just standard in feed posts and at later we partnered with for the influencer marketing platform to kind of really understand this tiers of influencer followers and then the influence or the power that they would have over an audience to influence a sale. And what we were seeing was that, yes, of course, mega followers, mega influencers have such a bigger following that they are going to improve your reach. So if you want to partner with someone who has 1 million followers plus, your reach is going to be a lot wider, but your engagement does drop off. Where if you partner with smaller micro-influencers, your engagement goes up even though your reach is kind of reduced. So what I'm thinking the next kind of wave for small businesses, and I think this is a really lovely way to get into influencer marketing without having to put a serious amount of money on the table, is finding small or micro nano influencers within the locations that you want to be targeting and having a longer term partnership with them and kind of nurturing that, whether that's through, they appear through Instagram lives, they're coming on as kind of like branded collaborations for new products, they're going to do, please, within the next year in real life events with you, kind of long-term, small partnerships, having lots of influencers speak on your behalf and for a long time, instead of just one mega influencer with one kind of one to masses message once off that's going to cost you a lot of money just isn't a sustainable um, strategy for a small business today. 
Okay, so your recommendation is don't go for the huge investment. Oh, we want this big name. Your recommendation is go more on a smaller scale for greater depth of relationships over time, nurture and grow those. It will cost you less upfront, right? It doesn't probably make the big splash that you might want or expect or think that you might get from that one big influencer or or one big investment. But over time, it's going to help you in the long run. I think this is a key, key strategy. And Mm -hmm. and I love that you've brought this up. Do you mind talking about, and and I'm sorry for shifting gears on you a little bit, but if you have any tricks or hacks that you kind of recommend for people on Instagram? To kind of find their influencers that they want to partnership partner with or just in all? Either one, both, whatever you feel like talking about. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So I think one hack or one tip that I'm seeing a lot of brands or kind of individuals, creators get a lot of engagement with, and it's something that we're using at later, is being able to repost user-generated content as our reels. So this is really important that you take this as a, I will ask for permission and I will give full credit to the original creator. That's the... That's the very first step that we have to take. But if you have that permission and the original creator is on board for you to repost their content, it makes for a really lovely reel that you can then commit to maintaining within your content strategy. Reels take a little bit more effort. You know, it's video content. There's editing tools to get a handle on. But if you're a small business, and especially a small business who wants to work with influencers, If someone has created content about your business or about your products, or maybe they've, you know, shot a really beautiful reel in your hometown and that's where your store is based, if you can ask their permission to repost that and share kind of credits, that that fills your feed with relevant content. It it helps you kind of maintain that cadence of your reels. And Instagram is really putting focus on reels exposure at the minute, like aside from having, you know, the dedicated reels tab. But we're just seeing a lot of, I guess, focus or attention or primary displays coming up for for real so if your brand isn't creating a reel and maybe you're not quite ready to create a reel just yet UGC is the best way to kind of get get your foot in the door so that would be my top tip right now (laughs) that's great how how would you say to do it because I noticed there are kind of two two ways of looking at it it's the people who have businesses who are so focused on running the business that they'll put almost anything up on their instagram as long as it's business you know related to the business or others who go so far to make it fit the aesthetic and make sure it's quality you know in the feed and and i think the ugc sometimes kind of falls somewhere in the middle more toward the not not as good content not that it's bad but just it's not as polished right so how would you say to approach that if if you're a business who wants polished content on your feed or or in yeah. your reels? well when you post a reels you can choose a cover image as well so in your terms of your wider kind of grid aesthetic you can always put a cover image that isn't like doesn't have to be fully related but it can just be a style that you apply to all of your reels on your grid so that it doesn't disrupt the overall aesthetic of your feed I know it's it it does take so much work to get a beautifully laid out feed and I am always in awe and social media managers just like nail it (laughs) it's like there's it's such a, a like a special skill to be able to do that right. So yeah, that kind of side of things, you are able to put a cover over it. So that helps. And then the other thing that you can do is if you are going to be going down this route of I'm going to 
regularly post user-generated content, and I am also working with a group of 5, 10, 15 influencers who work with my brand, then you can negotiate with them on if they create reels for their page, would they be happy to do it? On, would they be happy if you reposted it on their, on your own channel? And I, from what I've heard from like social media managers and influencers, a style guide is something that any, everyone loves when it ter- comes to like creating content. So if you're a business and you're going to be working with an influencer, just think about having like a one pager that helps the creator or the influencer kind of decide how they want to shoot it so Majuri is a really good brand that does this and they use a lot of user generated content in their their strategy and every kind of shot that they pick is kind of shot in the same way it has this beautiful lighting it's always very focused on the products and it does kind of fit a general aesthetic that we're seeing on Instagram, but the influencers that they're partnering with or the creators, they're they're also given guidance and kind of like, it looks great if you could do it in natural lighting or, you know, sometimes these backgrounds work really well. And that's always fantastic to hear as a creator when you're going to produce the content that you know the brand that you're partnering with is going to love. So it will get shown, it will get like highlighted for, you'll get paid for it. So like, that's that's always a really good thing to kind of have in your media kit if you're going to work with influencers too. Yeah, that's excellent. Do you mind just telling us where we can find you online, where we can find Later, and what we can look forward to from you and from Later in the near future? For sure. So you can find Later at Later.com and then it's Later.com forward slash blog for all of the blog content that we do. And if you want to follow Later on Instagram, it's at Later Media. And then if you want to follow me, I'm at Nikki Traveled on Instagram too. Excellent. And anything you can talk about in the future, LaterCon, other things? Too soon? Yes, I'm so glad you brought up LaterCon. I can't reveal too much about it, but I can say that we are working on LaterCon 3.0. We've run it now. Like this is our third year, which is so exciting. So it is, it's in planning stages and I can't say too much, but it's going to be pretty special this year. And I think with all of the kind of changes that have been happening in the world and everyone's just getting kind of accustomed to sitting down and learning with like a Zoom conference or like an online conference. We're working on some really special ways to make it more collaborative and you get to kind of meet the community. So yeah, stay tuned. We will be releasing it soon. <laughs> Excellent. If you're not familiar, LaterCon is a conference that Later puts on that's usually filled with really knowledgeable people about Instagram and strategy. And and I think you guys often get people from the Instagram team to come in and that, that really it's a great way to learn. Let me just say that. Yeah, we are always so grateful when we have amazing guests come on board and are so willing to share all of their knowledge and kind of help our community grow with them. So yes, we're, we're excited for the lineup this year. <laughs> Excellent. Nikki, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being on the show. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lovely chat. <laughs> okay, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I really like that conversation about using user-generated content and specifically the point that Nikki made about creating covers to put on user-generated content so it looks cohesive on your feed. It's so, I don't want to say basic, it's so simple. I don't know why I didn't think of that before. I'm terrible at making those covers, that's probably why, but I think that was a great point. 
Next time on the show, I'm going to have Carrie Gottschalk. She's an Instagram speaker. She's very, very knowledgeable when it comes to the e-commerce side of things, shopping. We're going to get into all of that. So make sure you come back for the next episode. If you enjoyed this show, if you find it valuable, please go on Apple Music and leave a review of the Instagram Stories podcast. It would help other people define the show and I would really appreciate it. If you would like to be on the show or you know someone who would be a good fit, send me a direct message at Daniel Hill Media and please send any graphic designer that you know my way. That would really also help me out. Okay, I hope you like the show. I hope you find this invaluable. I really love doing this show and talking about Instagram. Check out my daily show for more Instagram tips, strategy, and news. And come back for the next episode with Carrie Gotts Chalk. Thanks so much for listening. You know, I was thinking back to how we started talking, and I think I had emailed because I wanted to write blog post that that was one of my goals for the longest time because i've been reading the later blog forever and i was just like what does it take to write a later and i was like you know i have to come up with something unique something nobody else has said nobody else has done and i'm not you know i don't have thousands of thousands of followers like i don't, i'm not an amazing photographer i don't but i was like i have to come up with something and so i can't remember if it was before the caption i think it was the captioning no i think i wrote something before that no it was the captioning yeah like the anyway. captions with threads Right, right. And I, I was finally like, I have something to say and I hope, you know, it makes the, you know, makes the cut or whatever for, for you. So yeah, that, that was one of my life goals. So I appreciate you helping me accomplish that. No problem. I thank you so much for doing that post for us as 